Welcome to Addicted on 103.2 Dublin City FM, a weekly program about addiction and recovery in Ireland. My name is Tom, the presenter, and we'd really like to engage the listeners. So I think we've only had one or two emails to date, but uh, you can email the show um, to addicted at dublincityfm.ie. You can uh, suggest comments, suggestions for future programs, questions you have about addiction. Um, really feel free to email us. We'd really like to hear from you. Um, just before we get started today with today's guest, um, there's uh, September is Recovery Month. And during Recovery Month, it's a month that's celebrating recovery. It's been going on for the last 20 years or more, um, particularly in America and the UK and in Ireland now, particularly being promoted through um, uh, the Solskja Programme. Jerry McElean and there is a great advocate of recovery. And for Recovery Month, Solskjaer are promoting a number of events. Um, there's one coming up in the northwest inner city. Uh, it's a session called Food for Thought. And it's asking what uh, recovery coaching is about and how can it benefit your community. That's on this Wednesday at 12.30 in the northwest inner city offices on uh, North King Street, Dublin 7. And it's for open to service providers, practitioners, the public and anybody in recovery so um, you can check that out there with Solskjaer if you want more details or email the show again I'll be happy to forward you on those details there's a boot camp as well this week on Thursday in the Phoenix Park and it's basically to uh, it's a fun event to promote uh, family involvement and I suppose fitness and well-being around recovery and health, all those things together. Um, and the boot camp sounds like fun. It's uh, on Thursday at half twelve in the Phoenix Park, just beside, beside the Wellington Monument. So you should definitely go along to that if you're interested and bring some friends. Um, towards the end of the month, there's the Recovery Walk, which has been going in Ireland now for a number of years. Um, it's promoted by the Recovery Foundation. And next week... Um, I'm going to be interviewing Jackie Leahy, who's involved there, and she'll be talking to us more about the Recovery Walk. Uh, there's a website, recoverywalkireland.com, and you can check out the details there. Um, so that's coming up, and uh, there's more events for Recovery Month, and uh, we'll update you next week. But just getting on to today's guest, we have uh, Michelle Culligan from Finglas joining us today. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome. To how are you, Tom? Thanks yeah. a lot. It's great, great to have you here. Um, I know Michelle because I work in the Finglas area and she's a great advocate of adult education, art, community activism um, and she's involved in a number of different projects including FAST. So Michelle, how are you today? I'm grand, Tom. Good. I have a bit of a flu so I hope yeah. I don't start choking up. Okay, so look, if you hear a few coughs or splutters there in the background, <laughs> uh, forgive her, be okay. gentle. Um so do you want to tell us, how, d- how did you, I suppose Finglas is um, synonymous with lots of things, including Mrs. Brown and yeah. all those good things. But I suppose, unfortunately, there's a drug problem in Finglas, like in many parts of Dublin. Um, how did, what was your first experience of the drug problem in Finglas? Um, my first experience would have been when my, my eldest daughter uh, started using heroin. Okay. At the, she was only 14 at the time. And... Um, it was, I mean, heroin was like alien territory. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. And um, I suppose she started using, she had started out on taking E, and then somebody gave her the heroin to come down after E. And um, 
I wasn't aware at the beginning, you know, um, that that she was using heroin. But she eventually came to me and asked me, you know, she said she needed help. Okay. So that was, the, you know, it was my daughter's. Yeah. Um, so it was great that she was able to, yeah. to talk to you. Yeah, so we have a good relationship like that. Was that was fantastic. So we went then from there up to the Barry Satellite Clinic. At the time, there mm-hmm. was a counsellor up there. And, um, you know, she was attending her for counselling sessions. And she suggested that maybe because of the, the, you know, the risk factor with my daughter's use, that maybe she should um, start on a methadone programme. Mm-hmm. So she was quite young, like there's not really, when you're 14, there's not a lot of services out there for that age group. Mm. So um, we went into Trinity Court. She was attending there and I made very sure, I said to the doctor, now anyone I knew that was on methadone was on it for life. You know, so I I wanted to ensure that she wasn't going to be on it for a long time. Mm. So we attended there and then from there she went to Kundara for a detox and then she went to the Ashling Centre in Kilkenny, which is an adolescent treatment centre. Mm-hmm. there, So she spent another eight weeks there. And then from there to Keltai. So it was a long road for her, yeah. you know, at the initial um, trying to trying to deal with the with the addiction. Yeah, but it was great that those services were in place. And I suppose with the support of yourself, she was able to. She was able to, yeah. But one of the things I suppose um, at the time that struck me was there wasn't a huge amount of services in Finglas. Mm-hmm. You had to go outside your area. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got involved then with the with FAST. Fantastic. You know. And uh, what what year was that? Was it, Were you at the start then? Were you involved setting it up? That was, um, I got involved about 2002 mm-hmm. and there was a group of women in Finglas, uh, Marie Cairns, mm-hmm. Pauline O'Connor, uh, Debbie Whelan, Trish O'Brien and they were they had already been running a voluntary out at Janelle Shopping Centre. Wow. And when I got involved, I actually rang um, John Bennett. Mm-hmm. I was doing a diploma in community development at the time. That's the coordinator of the local drug task force. John Bennett, yeah. So he told me about these women and he said, hook up with them. Brilliant. And they were already in the process of applying for funding. And um, they had secured funding to, to get a little port cabin at the back of St. Helena's. So they were running out there for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was a long um, advocacy on, on, on. I mean, there was a lot mm-hmm. of us community um, activists that were trying to get secure premises. So we have a premises now on Wellmount Road. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year they'll be celebrating their tenth anniversary. Fantastic and yeah. fast for people that don't know is uh, Fingless Addiction Support Service. Yeah and works with uh, people with various drug problems and also a lot of work with uh, families and family support. Family support, and yeah. You, you, also, you also do some art. You have an art, a background in art, I believe. I have a background. Well, I was on the board of FAST for a good few years mm-hmm. and I, I kept advocating for, you know, there needs to be art is great for therapy, you mm-hmm. know, in a therapeutic way. So um, eventually they... They called me and they asked me would I do some some art with the service users because a, a huge part of um, I suppose of our journey is my daughter wasn't just getting the help it was I had linked in with the family support mm-hmm. so the two of us were getting the support so I linked in with the family support doing some community art and um, 
in about 2011, we, we did a beautiful community mosaic, which hangs in the, the new fast premises now. Fantastic. Yeah. And you're involved in the 10 year celebrations as well. And 10 year celebration. Another mosaic there. We're doing a big community, uh, a garden mural, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's um, again, it's bringing everybody together from the community. Because, as you know, addiction just doesn't affect the, the people who are addicted. It's the family members and the wider community. Exactly. So we try and involve everybody in the art, you know. And I suppose your involvement with your daughter and bringing her through that process really helped her as well. How is she doing now? Well, she's fantastic. She's, um, she's a beautiful young woman. Um, she's just um, successfully completed her exams or, uh, for accountancy. Fantastic. So, I mean... It was a long journey, but I mean, I said to her, never regret what happened. It's made us into the people that we are today, you know. So it's a great example of addiction, particularly to heroin, that it's not necessarily a life condition. Yeah. Well, we when it happened, I mean, we two choices. We could, you know, kind of wallow in self-pity and Mm -hmm. say, oh, this this is after happening. But we we chose to kind of learn about it and, and learn. I mean, before... I, I started on this journey of, of education. I kind of, I would have looked down on people who used heroin and I look, would have looked down on the family members. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you learn about addiction and you learn about the process of addiction and, and, and how it affects people, it's, you, you become, you have more empathy towards towards people that are, you know, suffering from heroin addiction mm-hmm. or any addiction really mm-hmm. for that matter. Yeah, it's the great thing about a community response when local people I suppose, come together and uh, take control to some extent of the issue and, and work together, isn't it? That's yeah. really the solution because then really, yeah. uh, drug users are often stigmatised when they're isolated. Very much, yeah. I mean, the whole, even with Fingless Addiction Support Team, I mean, one of the goals there is to reintegrate the, the addicted person back into society. And I mean, it's to try and wa- raise awareness about addiction and I mean, when you think of it, what is addiction? I know, you know, there's people that could be addicted to... I know people that drink wine every night mm-hmm. and they need that wine every night to kind of relax them or yeah. uh, they're, they're addicted to shopping. So yeah. we have to look at it and understand it. Yeah. what is addiction and maybe not as quick to point the finger and say, oh, they're addicted and yes. look at your own addiction. It's like some addictions are more stigmatised. Yeah, than definitely. Others. Yeah, and some are more socially acceptable. Well, that's it. I mean, look at drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, Des Bishop did a great little program a couple of year, years ago. I don't know yeah, if you seen it. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, exploring yeah. alcohol in Ireland. Alcohol. I mean, that's socially accepted, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, go on. No, people. I, I just he he in one of his programs. It was about this. He walked up to the the till with a trolley full of drink. I think he came to six hundred and something euro. <laughs> And he went to buy two packs of Panadol and they'd only let him buy one. Yeah. So it's just about, yes, you know, yeah. understanding addiction and what's accepted. And yeah, yeah, there's much more socially acceptable approach to alcohol yeah. and more tolerance. And um, is that because of the, the industry or I think is it just... Is I, it I just, I don't know, because I know he, he raised um, awareness around, say, sport, the mm. GAA, and the way that's sponsored by drinks. 
yeah, by, yeah. by you know right. more I think the Guinness, used to be the Guinness but I think they've moved on a little bit but they moved on yeah, yeah. Th- but certainly the government yeah the issue about the link between advertising and sport and the Heineken Cup for example yeah the rugby um, and I know the the drugs task force has now become the drugs and alcohol dr- mm-hmm. task force because they've realised I mean there's a yeah. huge problem around alcohol y- yeah and I suppose it says something about ourselves and how we approached the drug problem beginning by leaving alcohol out. We were yeah. maybe 15 <laughs> years later realised alcohol is the drug and yeah. it is actually probably the biggest problem and it does certainly have the biggest health um, cost to society in oh, terms huge. of treating the, the fallout. Yeah, huge cost. And so um, art then was something that particularly uh, appealed to you as a way of engaging with people. Why is art effective um, or what's your story? For or me, your with art, sometimes it's hard to, to, to be able to try get your story across. And the the idea behind my work would be it'd be similar to art therapy, where it's you, if you use symbols and if you use um, imagery in your work, well then maybe you can, when you're, when you're explaining what you've done, you why you've used these symbols, you can tell your story. So the community mosaic that we did in fast it was it was a collection of people coming together and it was telling their journey from isolation into you know coming together and coming having a good community spirit mm-hmm. um art for me over the years it, that was my my way i i could always turn to art it helped me through everything some yeah. people have music some people it's, have yeah. it's the non-verbal isn't it it's the more it's non-verbal um i mean it's the the end product is beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think it's used enough as well. I mm-hmm. think um, art and now it is starting to be used more, mm-hmm. but art is a brilliant way of getting your story across. Yeah, we might come back to that after the break. Um, okay. Just going to take a short break now for a piece of music from John Newman called Out of My Head. Um, welcome back. You're listening to Addicted on 103.2 Dublin City FM and I'm talking with Michelle Culligan from from Finglas. And just before the break there, we were talking about the role of art and I suppose it's it's a non-cognitive way of engaging with people and I suppose maybe drug users sometimes often have left school early and they have an issue about learning. And um, So how important is, is art in terms of building people's confidence? Um, well, it's just one of the ways you can build people's confidence, you know. Um, I mean, one of the, when I think back to the times when, you know, when Roshi, when we found out about our addiction mm-hmm. and when I was attending um, Trinity Court and I, I was looking at some of the people that were attending and I was saying, Jesus, I don't want my daughter to be ending up, you know, mm-hmm. beads of sweat coming over, you know. Mm-hmm. And I... I used to think like I'd love to know what their story is how, how did they come to this was it early school even and I think it's through my journey of education and, and seeing how it's empowering me um, I'd, I'd love to be able to give that back to those people I'd love to see you know people who maybe you wouldn't know why they ended up on, on drugs but that they could enter into adult education or some but even if it's basic literacy mm-hmm. Not just the art, but, you know, I mean, that's one one part of it, but just engaging because it, it does begin a process of empowerment. Yes. You know? I suppose it's one of the messages about recovery is that uh, 
recovery as possible. And there's, um, there's a phrase you often used in, in addiction from people on methadone about being on for life. You know, you're a lifer. Yeah. And in actual fact, nobody is a lifer. And uh, recovery is a growing movement now that um, I think people are becoming dissatisfied with uh, people being stuck on methadone. And there is yeah. more discussion, which is healthy. Nobody, wa- nobody wants anyone stuck on methadone. But um, the recovery movement, I suppose, is trying to destigmatize addiction and recovery yeah and uh create a momentum i mean um one of the things when, when i was doing my my um dissertation for the for the degree i chose to do it on methadone because i wanted to understand i wanted to try and give a balanced view well why are the government using methadone to treat heroin and you know so i i looked at it from the angle of the government they why they brought it in but then also of the service user who had been maybe 20 years on a programme. And um, I came across um, a great little research. It, it's actually your own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your way out of this clinic. And um, it just, that introduced me to, to the concepts of Paolo Ferreri and raising conscientization, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how, I mean, if you, if you just, if, if somebody's given a chance to just if somebody believes in them and and says look you know just let's start here let's start at the very basics with the education mm-hmm. i i'm sure that journey will I mean, they could be anything the possibilities yeah. are endless yeah. you know paul ferry was a great guy who from south america who really talked about literacy as helping people to solve the problems that are you know is around them and in their lives so as opposed to maybe our education system is very much geared towards toward level now. It's changing, obviously. Yeah. But, um, I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of um, people using the drugs are probably early school leavers. Mm-hmm. They probably had a bad experience with um, the formal schooling, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've in... I'm now t- an adult educator and I've... You went back to Minute? I went back to adult, Minute. I yeah. did the postgrad in Minute um, in further an adult education. But uh, I mean, even the undergrad in St. Pat's, they they allowed me to have an understanding of the education system and how it's it may not suit everybody. And I've certainly, in, in my... As a teacher, I've come across people who are very intelligent, but because they've been measured against this formal type of... Um, mm-hmm. inte- you know, it only tests the IQ. Mm-hmm. They they think they're unintelligent, and and mm-hmm. you know it's you have to empower the people. You have to find a way to empower people to to take control of their own lives, and especially with um with people I- in addiction. And I know with the methadone, you know it's you have to question why are the people on it twenty years. Yeah, I suppose there's a, certainly a role for methadone to, in helping people try and reduce their dependence on met, on heroin. But the, as you said, you have to empower people. So yeah. uh, methadone, along with the programs like that are in FAST and other services, um, education, literacy, um, employment opportunities, a yeah. um, whole range. People have a whole range of needs and therefore medicine is one part of that equation, but not, not the full part. Yeah. And it's about listening to the person and... You know, when I see someone addicted now, I I know when you go into Dublin, the city centre, it's rampant. Mm-hmm. It's not just heroin now; it's the new mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it's a crack now, and there's the tablets and everything. Okay. And in one way, you have to kind of I think that people have become dehumanised, mm-hmm. that we don't look at them as a person, and you have to we have to change our attitudes mm-hmm. and and have more empathy yes. towards people and be more caring as a society. 
and say, well, what can we do as a society, as a, especially as me as an adult educator? What can I do to help, yeah. you know, to, to kind of on the road to recovery? And for yourself in, in your own community, you certainly have done a lot um, mm. from your initial involvement with your daughter to setting up a fast, to going on your own educational journey. So is, is that your message then, is it? It is. If I, if I was to say, if there's any mother out there or any family member out there like me who, who, um, who's going through this, I would say go out, learn about, learn about the addiction. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing in your community, start something up. But mm-hmm. learn about it. You have to come together. You don't. I mean, there's a huge stigma with addiction, you know, and there's some people would have a fear even admitting mm-hmm. that there's addiction in the family. But I would say don't go it alone. Come out. Join a family support group. Join a basic literacy. Just even if it's knitting, mm-hmm. anything, just that will get you in the community, out talking, yeah. you know, where you can get the help. Yeah, it sounds like there's at the bottom of it is a need to build community, really, isn't it? That big time in a in a community where there isn't strong connections, um, people become isolated. But where where you have a strong opportunity to connect with your neighbours, yeah, uh, as you said, join a group, do a literacy class, um, there's family support groups. There's so much things out there. There's a lot of courses on addiction. Uh, various levels people can can start. Yeah, I started with the dice course, mm-hmm. and it gives you the What's, basics. What does dice stand for? I, let me see. Drug uh, education. Drug. I, I know it's a couple of years okay, since I did it, but then I went one. on to the NUI the, the uh, certificate. The, the cert yeah, in fantastic. it. So it gives it an understanding mm-hmm. of, um, I mean, how we how we view addiction. When if you go back to antiquity and mm-hmm. Aristotle, he was saying it was a, a moral. Um, it was an incontinence of will, mm-hmm. and and now we're kind of understanding it that it, it's it can be anything. You can be addicted to anything, you know. Yeah. So uh, that I would recommend just to anybody go out and educate yourself mm-hmm. on it and get involved. That's my main message from today. Fantastic! You're a great uh, advocate anyway for adult education and empowerment. So well done, Michelle. Appreciate having Thanks, you here so. today. Um, and uh, just to towards you come to the end. Um, we have two minutes left, so uh, keep going there, Michelle. Keep Fill going, okay. Um, well, I want to, let me see, what else can I say? I mm. want to thank FAST anyway, mm-hmm. because even though um, I've been involved, they've been, you know, very supportive towards my mm. my journey mm. as well. And um, I want to say to people, don't give up. Yeah. You know, it, it is, it's, it's, it's not an easy road mm. to go on. There are... Um, there be many challenges, but it, it you can take yourself out of despair, out of the blackness, mm. and it's it does get better, you know. And there's so many good community projects out there across Dublin, across the country, where people like yourself have got involved in the grassroots in the early days and have uh, set up some great projects. And and oh, there's funding cuts now; they're being tested. But uh, it's uh, there's definitely a lot of resources out there for people. And as I've been talking earlier about Recovery Month. Um, Solskjaer are promoting a number of activities I mentioned um, on Thursday I think it is here is the boot camp um, yeah on Thursday in, in the Phoenix Park beside Wellington Monument at half twelve you can go up there and uh, get involved there that should be fun it's also in the northwest um, inner city offices on King Street there's um, a food for thought session about uh, recovery coaching 
And then on Saturday, the 20th of September, there's the recovery walk, and we'll be talking to Jackie Lee next week. So that's the the tune to, to wind up. Uh, thanks very much, Michelle. It's been a real pleasure talking thanks, to you today. Thanks, Tom. Thanks very much, and the best of luck in, in your project as well. Thank you very much. And uh, that's it for this week. Uh, th- uh, next week, we'll be talking to Jackie Leahy. Um, remember, please email us your comments and questions to addicted at Dublin City FM. And if you do have a drug or alcohol problem, there is a helpline 1-800-459-459. You can also email the show, and I'll be happy to forward any information that may be of help. If you missed the show, you can get us on soundcloud.com forward stroke Dr. Tom uh, dash pod. Uh, just Google it and you'll find us there. That's it for next week. Take care.